Welcome to the Adventures After Teaching podcast. If you're an exhausted teacher, this is your place to find inspiration for a new career outside of the classroom. I'm your host, Joanne Howard, primary teacher turned burnout and career coach. I'll be interviewing lots of amazing ex-teachers about their career changes and helping you see how you can use your transferable skills to leave teaching. Welcome everybody. I'm joined by the lovely Helen Woodens, who's come to talk about her adventure after teaching moving into the National Trust, which I know lots of you have been asking questions about. And it, it really is a national treasure, the one that lots of teachers fancy a foray into. So thank you, Helen, so much for coming on and chatting to us today. Thank you. Um, so Helen, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about why you left in the first place, I suppose? Were you primary, secondary? What was your background? So, I was primary. Um, mm-hmm. I originally for just over 18 years Um, so I went into teaching after a career in customer service but then sort of had a wonderful career in teaching absolutely loved it Um, I was I was very ambitious so I sort of did pretty much every job I worked my way up to being head teacher for 12 months Um, at the end of that decided my family had to come first so went back into the classroom still loved it yeah. And then COVID hit ah, and okay. it gave me the opportunity to reflect. Mm. Um, it was really hard. It was really tough. I was doing um, safeguarding as well as teaching. Um, but whilst working from home and filming so many lessons a day and doing all this online teaching, I just had to think about what was important to me Um And I knew I didn't want to go back into the classroom day in, day out, Um, teaching children who, frankly, were being let down. And I knew that going back into the classroom, it was going to be even tougher. Yeah. So I made the decision to move. Fantastic. I don't think you're alone at all in terms of that recalibration of energy being at home, even just having the screen between ourselves and and the classroom and then suddenly replenishing in in ways we didn't realize (laughs) were possible as this is how other people might experience work on a day-to-day basis and have some some fuel left at the end of the day interesting so how did you come across the national trust then Were, were you looking for it was it something you always wanted to do um so if I reflect I remember applying for some national trust jobs years ago um, but never getting anywhere. Um, I'd, I also, I've got to say, I was applying for pretty much anything. I really just looked at the skills I had as a teacher. Yeah. Um, my customer service skills from my sort of prior life and applied for anything and everything pretty much within a sort of 20 mile radius, um, so, which included um, running a crematorium. <laughs> I thought that was one job. I thought, well, do you know what? I've got empathy. I've yeah. got the ability to work with people. Um, I've I've worked with people at t- in times of stress and anxiety yeah. as a teacher. So therefore, as of that seemed to be a quite a close fit. Um, and I came a close second for that. I also um, was actually offered a job with the with the county council, and that was actually being effectively a call handler but right. but but also working within basically taking safeguarding calls and passing those on to the appropriate 
people. Again, some of my safeguarding experience and experience as a teacher, again, they were really happy with that. Yeah. Um, however, I decided against that simply because the, the, just, the job with the trust came up. Yeah. Um, that the original job I started with was in their customer service as what they call their welcome manager. So okay. it, it was a huge, a bit of a risk mm-hmm. um, in the fact that it was a part time. So it's four days a week, yeah. one, year, one year contract. Um, and I would say so the trust and a lot of charities do do tend to at the moment have these of these fixed term contracts. They're just very, very wary of um, the economic conditions. Um, However, what I would say is that the majority of people that I know that have come on short term contracts, then either the role becomes permanent or they find another role within the organisation. So I think sometimes it's if you if you're able to take the risk and it is a financial risk, then go for it Um, within. I think I've been there almost two years now. Right. Um, my contract has changed four times. So it's a big organisation though, isn't it? Presumably there's so many, so many different departments. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different departments, so many different opportunities. Um, I've gone from part-time to full-time. I And I've actually transferred from customer service. I'm now there a facilities and business services manager. Ooh, um, that sounds fancy, so, Helen. <laughs> well, you you say that. I mean, it, again, it relies on a lot of the a lot of the skills I built up in teaching. Yeah. So, a lot of my role is to do with compliance, okay, and, yeah, and training. So, it's again when I was when I was the head teacher, I was responsible for the compliance in a school. Now I'm responsible for compliance across various different buildings, um, and actually the countryside as well. Mm. Um. I'm also I I organize things like all the training um, and organizing training courses for people. But, you know, the majority of the time it's actually it's about being organized, managing your time um, and working with a team of people. I think most most teachers would actually say they man manage somebody in terms of like line management, whether it's a whether it's a TA that they effectively line manage or whether it's a a small department. There are so many people that do have those experiences. So again, now I have a team of five people that report to me. Um, Sounds yeah. like an, an, almost like an ops role, operations it's role. Very, very much ops role. I mean, I also, part of my role is also to, I manage all the accounts and the budgets. So again, lots of teachers have that budgeting experience. Um so yes, it's it's all really really useful experience that I've been able to sort of take into a new world. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you find so, them appreciative of, of your your teacher background? Is it absolutely is it one of those industries that you know really recognises those transferable skills? Do you think? Yeah, and what was great? I mean, I didn't realise at the time, but um, the my, my colleague now who actually interviewed me, he was an ex deputy head. Wow. Um, I I have since recruited um, an ex forest school leader um, and teaching assistant. So it is a, it's an organisation that has lots of ex teachers, yeah, um, and lots of people that have done lots of other things and moved into the national trust. Right. Um, so people come from a whole variety of different industries prior to joining the organisation, which is really really refreshing. 
Mm, so it's not necessarily you know, a training career path that they're they're looking for. No, no. I mean, it's it really is just. I think the, the the most important thing is actually you think about the charity you're working for. So with the trust, it was something I love the places I work at. I mean, I think I've just got the best job. Um, I work in. I, I work in a portfolio, so our group of properties is what we call the coast and countryside. Not so, too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I work I work in wonderful places. I might be sort of on Exmoor one day, down mm. at the beach another day, um, also walking through the woodland and doing some tree planting another day with some colleagues. Wow. So it's just it's just wonderful. The other key thing I think which is really refreshing is the fact that actually I love the people I work with. Um, when I have I have a monthly meeting with my with my line manager and his first question is how are you how's your team and actually everyone's mental health is is the first and the first and the most important thing yeah and and when we do work hard and every so often will be sort of a, a special event or something and we are we'll we'll work sort of longer hours it's a case of well, make sure you take that time back Helen so sort of take some time with your family yeah which I don't I can't ever remember that from sort of oh yes you'll do the staff meetings do this do some parents evenings no nobody ever said oh come in late tomorrow because yeah, yeah absolutely it's a very different world is what I'm hearing oh, sounds, sounds very light and refreshing as you say yeah. as you say so in terms of teachers who are interested in moving into the charity sector or you know specifically the national trust um we've talked about budget so you know having experience of managing a budget managing people is really important frequently in the academy um we're looking for evidence of volunteer recruitment or volunteer training as well comes up in a lot of the charity jobs i think are there any um pieces of advice around you know training or experience you can give us thinking about yeah i don't know just boosting that cv a little bit okay. so i i mean i was lucky in the fact i had lots of customer service experience from from my 20s yeah um, so i was able to draw on that as well as my teaching experience for a lot of people that when they join the trust they might have had opportunities to volunteer with the national trust and i know a lot of other charitable sector sort of charitable companies mm-hmm. or charitable organizations also do exactly the same um we have a huge volunteer pool and that's volunteers in lots of different types of jobs. So some of our volunteers will be volunteer rangers and they'll be sort of, they will be sort of dry stone walling or planting trees um, or sort of helping the rangers sort of um, basically care for our countryside. There'll be other, other volunteers that we have will come and work within our offices um, and might do, so, for example, we have a volunteer who comes and um, manages all the, all the first aid kits. She manages the bookshops. Um, so um, we have another another lady who comes and manages all the licensing agreements. Yep. So, again, we have people that work at quite a high level as a volunteer. You don't need mm. you don't need to think that it's not not a genuine thing. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and equally, we have volunteers who basically working what we call our customer service who might help run rent run easter trails they'll yeah. be re- sort of coming and doing the actual activities during the holidays and so for example maybe a teacher who is interested in working within the charitable sector or maybe for the national trust yeah if they've got some spare time in say a holiday yeah to go and spend some say oh to actually offer your services to go and sort of help 
help run an activity for children. And again, we've got all those active, all those skills, haven't we? I mean, to go in, whereas some people go, oh no, please. But actually, so for example, in February, we're, we're, we've got um, uh, sort of a den building activity going on at our property and charcoal making. Oh, wow. Nice. So um, again, so obviously we have to have sort of two or three people there at any one time. We don't have the staff, so we rely very heavily on volunteers. Um, and again, it's it's an opportunity. Go and have a look, see what the organisation's about. Um, it might give you the opportunity to speak to the people who could be recruiting you in the next couple of months. Yeah, it's being proactive as well, isn't it? I suppose like what you're saying, it's getting out yeah. and, and trying it and doing it and making yourself available um, and yeah, potentially opening those doors in the future as well. So in terms of the um, the flex, obviously people do worry a little bit about the charity sector. So firstly, in terms of the contracts, which we've talked about, um, and the pay drop as well. Your tutor, you do a little bit of tutoring as well, yes, hand on so side. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it was a bit of a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah. Um, going from my, because I I was a sort of UPS three teacher, mm-hmm. um, and had had a sort of headship salary and assistant head salary. So it it was it was a bit of a jump at the time. Um, however, what I did do um, is first of all, I I did some tutoring. I do, and I still do some tutoring. So that that helps. That makes up some of the sort of some of the gap. Um, and equally, because now my work is a thirty-seven hour contract, yeah, yeah. I actually have the I have the energy and the time to do it. Brilliant. Um, because basically, I mean, I work during the week. I very often work eight until four. So by four o'clock, I'm finished for the day. Yeah. Um, and if I'm working from home, I can then just sort of slip round slip round to a, I have a couple of boys who live in our village and I sort of help them out with their maths um yeah and almost feels like you're just helping out like you say rather than yeah so so there's that the other thing I I have done is because because sometimes my work involves weekend work I might or an evening I do have what we call a toil day so I'll have an extra day off in the week and I've always made sure that I do a little bit of supply um and again that makes that makes up the difference as well Brilliant. And the thing is, I think particularly when you're on those UPS scales or you've got the, you know, the senior leadership roles, when you're looking at job opportunities that are of an equitable salary, you're looking at that job spec and you don't want that level of responsibility. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and it does come down to that, doesn't it? And not, not everybody can afford to make the change, but there are so many in the community for whom they want to take a pay cut because they mm-hmm. don't want that responsibility and that accountability anymore. And, and equally for me, the level I was working at and the hours I was doing, they were they were no longer sustainable. Yeah. Um I mean, the reality is I'm sort of mid fifties, so I no longer had the energy um, to actually do it. Um, I was I was speaking to a friend yesterday who I bumped into, who is still still in teaching, yeah. and I said, I said if I had been in his position with maybe two more years left, I could have just about managed to get through. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's that's wrong because I I mean for me I loved teaching and I felt as though I was obviously my job was really important to children I didn't want to be the one where everybody said do you know she was a brilliant teacher 10 years ago but she's just not got the energy anymore she's just not as committed Mm. um and I knew I I couldn't give the children what they needed um and do you find yourself waiting for the weekends and holidays now Helen (laughs) and retirement (laughs) I say it's it's quite strange in the fact of getting used to sort of a 
I mean, I I have 25 days holiday plus my bank yeah. holidays, which is a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. How, however, um, my weekends are my own. My evenings are my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in itself is just wonderful. Um, I have the flexibility. Sometimes I work from home. Sometimes I'm working on property. Um, I manage my own diary. Um, if I need to sort of finish early and pick up the children from school at half past three, that's absolutely fine because I'll work a little bit later another evening. Yeah. Um, yes, Sounds it's very, very, very grown up, Helen. <laughs> very grown up. Just a very, very civilized. Yes, <laughs> it is. It's very civilized. And the whole time, people sort of I'm I'm appreciative of what I'm doing. People say you're doing a fantastic job. Oh, thanks, Helen. That's absolutely brilliant. Um yeah, so it's brilliant. Uh, no, it's just been a complete revelation to me. Fantastic. It sounds like such a good move. So any top tips in terms of teachers looking, scrolling on the charity sites, et cetera, for jobs, that emotional kind of roller coaster, I think, of you know, not knowing where to start. And any any general tips around the job search? I think in terms of looking, just be really open-minded. Um and throw out throw out applications for as, as many different things as you think even might be possible. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is looks really specifically at the skills you've got because you do have so many skills. I think it's really difficult because when you're in the middle of it, you're so tired and so worn down. Yeah. Um, that I would say so obviously you just need to take some time for yourself and to actually say, do you know, this this Saturday, I'm not going to actually do more planning. I'm actually going to take some time for myself and actually put together my CV. Think about it. Think about the skills you have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So things like the budgeting, things like the fact that you've org- your organisational skills, your IT skills, um, your pre- the fact you're capable of presenting your presentation skills yeah, absolutely because the effectively so yeah, many absolutely. so much in there yes um and equally I, I always think one of the things we do as teachers which we forget is have those we have those difficult conversations a lot of the time with parents yeah um, and which can apply to so many things people say oh well, are you capable? Yes, I'm capable of having a difficult conversation. I, to, I used to do it on a regular basis. Even like chairing a meeting. There are so many yeah. people that you may well come across working in the outside world, as it were, who are yeah. not comfortable standing up and presenting, as you say, or are not comfortable chairing a meeting or mm. having that difficult conversation. And, and we've had to just walk through the fire a little bit, haven't we? So I also, I also think the other thing as a teacher is, is the fact that you do have an attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it always makes me laugh and the fact that sometimes when somebody will sort of send me a document to look through and I quite often proofread things, whether it's for signage or leaflets, they, they send it to me because I say, oh, it's, it's, it's like marking a piece of work. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all of those things that you just do naturally as a teacher that actually you can take into take into the outside world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you don't regret it then? Huh? No, absolutely not at all. all my, Two two years two years on Easter Sunday since I left teaching, um, but but I still do teach, um, and I I still keep it there just in case. <laughs> yeah, and that's it because it is a skill and a qualification you have for life, isn't it? And like so you can do one day a half term, um, 
and you, you just don't know what will happen in the future in terms of funding in schools or yeah. Yeah, what you might like to do even in terms of working within the national trust presumably and what you know different program management etc with young people as well yeah brilliant Brilliant. Thank you so much. So interesting. Helen is in the Facebook group. So if you've got any questions about working for the National Trust, I'm sure she'd be very happy to answer them. Um, So just tag myself or herself. But thank you so much, Helen. Really, really appreciate you coming to talk to us today. And hopefully it's given some people um, some motivation, if nothing else, and some inspiration for starting to look a bit more broadly at the charity sector. Brilliant. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Adventures After Teaching podcast with Joanne Howard. If you found this episode inspiring, please do like and share with other teachers. If you'd like to hear even more Adventures After Teaching, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. If you want to find out how the Adventures After Teaching Academy program can help you create your next career, head over to adventuresafterteaching.com.